Today's an exciting day. It's raining. It's cloudy here in Houston, Texas. And um, it's uh, this episode is the one that I promised you I will bring in regards to does sin exist anymore? Does sin exist anymore? What do you think? I'm going to let you think about it for a little bit. Think about it. Does sin exist anymore? Well, does sin exist anymore? I'm going to say no. It does not exist. Does bad behavior, murder, hatred, and lying still exist? Yes, of course. When we think sin, we think of disobedience to Father God, breaking the law of God, sinful behavior, etc. That which offends Father God and so on. But is that really what sin is? Let's take a little journey with me, okay? And discover a life-given truth that will reframe sin for us in a way that produces freedom and peace by that I don't mean it will change or we will change the meaning rather we will discover what it has always meant but we weren't able to see are you ready are you ready for another <laughs> another platable delicious steak So the most common word for sin is a word hamartia. Hamartia. This word for sin is used 174 times in the New Testament. So it must be very important. But what many don't realize is that in most cases, the word sin is not a verb. It is not an action at all. In Romans, for instance, nearly every time sin is used, it is not a verb. That by itself ought to raise some red flags for us as well as take some pressure off. Jesus did not come to deal with our individual actions as much as he came to deal with sin, a power, a thing. It is a noun which a person place or thing. Or it is a noun which is a person, a place or thing. In many cases, a word is preceded by the definite article, the, to denote it is a particular sin. When the definite article, the, is in the front of the word faith, the faith, for instance, it refers to the faith of Jesus the Christ, that he exercised his whole life and representatively on our behalf. So then what is is the sin? It is the sin of Adam. Did you ever notice how John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin, singular and with a definite article of the world. Not sins, plural, but sin, singular. Let that sink in for a moment. Is it a mistaken identity? What is sin? 
some of you were taught that um, taught the Romans role as a method for evangelism where verses are cherry picked into order to explain the gospel. One of those is Romans 6.23. For the wages of, wait, notice the next word which doesn't get translated in the definite article, the sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul is not talking about our individual behaviors. He is talking about the sin of Adam. Ah, think about it. Go back and read it. Read it. Meditate on it. This Greek word is made up of two words. Amartia. One is the A with the ha sound and means not. And the other is martia, which could have two closely related meanings. We have been told it means miss the mark of the prize. But the actual word itself is either a part of, a share of, or it means to grasp. So the word means to not share in or not grasp. So the sin of Adam is that by eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he failed to share in or grasp something. Many of you are failing to grasp something today. In today's evangelicals, many are failing to grasp on something. What was it? The serpent said, if you eat of this tree, you will become like God. And Adam was already created in the likeness and image of God. His sin was to, by his own effort, become like God. When God had already made him in his likeness, he failed to grasp his own identity and likeness. He failed to share, participated in Father God's image and likeness, and instead saw himself less than he was. And immediately it created a spiritual blindness in him about himself and about Father God. Did you get that? He failed to grasp his true identity in Father God. And today, many of you are failing are failing to grasp that identity with Father God in Christ. Here is even the larger problem. His failure to continue to share in, grasp, and hold on to his identity and the knowledge of Father God affected every person after him because they all shared the spiritual soul death that it created. But Jesus, the last Adam, came to hold on to, share in the truth of who he was and who his father was. So that what is passed to everyone is a knowledge of Father God and an unshakable identity of being accepted, forgiven, blessed, and righteous, and holy, and redeemed, and sanctified. Jesus' ministry in the universal sense, or let's just say all mankind, was the undoing of the sin of Adam. Hebrews 9.26 tells us, 
Otherwise, he would have needed to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the consummation of the ages, he has been manifested to put away the sin by the sacrifice of himself. At the beginning stage of the consummation of the previous ages of sin, death, and law, Jesus manifested to put away the sin by his sacrifice. Note that this says it was a one-time action. That means it need never be repeated again because it has totally accomplished its purpose. It can't be undone by any individual action on our part. The law and the power of sin. Romans 5.20 tells us, And law came in that the offense might abound, and where the sin did abound, the grace did overabound. The law was never to make anyone holy. Paul said, For by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Romans 3 verse 20 The word sin is a noun. The law was never designed to make us right with God. It was in fact a more intense version of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It said, If you do good, you will be blessed. And if you do evil, you will be cursed. It was designed for the opposite effect of making them holy. It was given so that the offense might abound. And he calls this again, the sin. Romans 5 verse 20. Don't get confused here. Father God didn't give the law so that people would be stirred up and, and abounding, killing more people or committing more adultery. The law came in so that the, the sin of Adam and people or mankind to strive to be like God instead of identifying as already like God would abound. It would bring to the surface that striving to become like Father God. It was to bring them to the end of works, righteousness, and religion. The law was given so that sin, the noun, would increase, not sins. Individual acts resulting from the loss of our identity. No, 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 not sins. Let me repeat it. Not sins. Individual acts resulting from the loss of our identity. Now, the mistaken identity that we live results in acts... They are called sins because of our loss or the loss of our true identity in Christ. That is why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 56, The strength of the sin is the law. Do you get it? The law strengthened the striving to become like God. So it would come to the surface and the Jews would realize that relationship with God is a gift, not a work. Relationship with Father God is free. We are created in Christ Jesus, accepted, loved, forgiven, righteous, holy, renewed in the likeness and the image of the one who created us. And it cannot be undone. That is why Paul told his generation, Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So does the sin still exist? 
No, the sin does not exist. Let's look further. What about sins? Romans 5, 13 and 14. For till law, sin, which is a noun, was in the world, and sin, which is a noun, is not reckoned when there is not law. But the death did reign from Adam till Moses, even upon those not having sinned, which is a verb, in the likeness of Adam's transgression. A couple of important observations here. Sin, the noun, was not even counted against anyone in the terms of their relationship with God until the law. Interestingly enough, even when the word sin is used in the plural, it is still a noun, not a verb in most cases. How can one have sins? Apparently, the framework was that it was not considered an action on their part, but rather the manifestation of the sin power. Ephesians 2 verse 1 says, And you being dead in the trespasses and the sins, which is a noun of you, he made alive. Colossians 1 verse 14, In whom we have the redemption, the forgiveness of the sins, is still a noun. All who had manifestations of the power of sin were given and made alive in spite of it. And as hard as it is for some to grasp, the law no longer exists for anybody. Gentiles were not even under the law to begin with. Some were converted to the law in Paul's day, but it never applied to anyone except Israel. The cross made the law obsolete and it eventually faded away in AD 70 when the entire system was destroyed by the Romans. Matthew 5 verse 17 to 18, Hebrews 8 verse 13. That is why the New Testament writers are still talking about the law in the present tense, even after the cross, because every jot and tittle wasn't fulfilled until one generation. Forty years after the cross, John said, Sin is lawlessness. But when the law was totally removed in AD 70, there can technically no longer be sin. So the manifestation, so any manifestation of the power of striving and grasping to be like God through effort and unbelief, now have no connection, us, and no connection to law in any form anymore. Plus, one cannot break a law that no longer exists. And besides all that, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. That's Second Corinthians 5 verse 19. One final note here that is very important. According to Colossians, 2 verse 11. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins, which is a plural noun, of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. In the circumcision of Christ you were set free from your sinful nature. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands, but in a spiritual circumcision performed by Christ by stripping off the body of the flesh, the whole corrupt carnal nature and its passions and lusts. I hope, I truly hope you grasp the meaning here. 
Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection took away the old sin nature from everyone. Everyone was buried and raised with him. In Christ, everyone had the old sin nature removed, cut off from the Adamic race, replacing it with the presence of Christ. He is the Lamb of God who took away the sin. Does that mean morality no longer exists? Does that mean God doesn't care about behavior anymore? Of course he cares. But the way that he deals with bad behavior is truth and love. Jesus began to talk about how the new covenant works in the upper room discourse of John 14 through 17 and said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. He goes on and says, Abide in my love. So there is only one commandment. And the violation of it is it is not called sin. It is that we receive the love of Father God toward our lives and learn to stay in awareness of it. Then the overflow will impact others. In addition, it will cause us to love God more because, as John said, we love Him because He first loved us. Yes, murder, sex outside of marriage. Lying, stealing, etc. are bad behaviors. They are not good, not because they break some law, but because they are contradictions to love and the image of Christ. In addition, on a personal level, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 12, All things are lawful for me, but not everything is beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be controlled by anything. Besides that, Remember that Rahab the harlot lied to hide the spies and she was counted in the list of the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. David killed men in battle and so do people today and it wasn't considered punishable even under the law. The preacher Solomon wasn't speaking of more relativism but he realized even then that things couldn't be put neatly into sin categories. He said in Ecclesiastes 3, that there was a time to kill, a time to heal, a time of war, and a time of peace. All bad behavior comes from the blindness of the truth of Father God's love, care, provision, and value for that person. It comes from them failing to understand that they are already accepted, forgiven, and right with Father God. They are blessed and redeemed. We do what we do because we don't see yet, we don't see yet who we are or who he is. We live in fear in our relationship with Father God and it affects everything we do instead of living in love which heals everything in us. Again, let's remember that though John said if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. He also said sin is lawlessness. 1 John 1, 8, 1 verse 8 and 3 verse 4. That law was made absolute at the cross but did not fade away until A.D. 70 when it was permanently destroyed. Therefore, sin cannot exist in a technical sense anymore. So trying to change the world with a behavior modification program, a self-help guru, as so many preachers are, or a sin management process of reading the Bible, praying, fasting, or going to church completely misses the point. The point is that there is nothing spiritually wrong with you except that you think that something is wrong with you. And Father God is doing everything in His power to get you to see this truth. You are in Christ. Therefore, whatever is true of Jesus is true of you. 
Whatever is true of Jesus is true of you. Whatever is true of Jesus is true of you. Whatever was true of Adam was true of you. But now, today, in the here now, whatever is true of Jesus is true of you. My final thoughts on this. So he put away sin. He was a lamb of God who took the sin away. Even the word sin in the plural was primarily a noun. Paul said God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself, not counting our sins against us. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 19. And then in AD 70, the law ceased to exist. Be careful about defining sin according to something other than the gospel and mistakenly trying to position yourself within that transitional generation before the end of the law in A.D. 70. Where are we now? We are in the period of history where Father God has taken responsibility for everyone knowing Him. For no one will say to his brother, Know the Lord, for they all know me from the least to the greatest. Or as John said, The dwelling place of God is with mankind. Hebrews verse 8, 11 and Revelations 21 verse 3. God is not relating to us according to our past or our behaviors except to reveal the truth to us of who He is and who we are so that we don't get stuck there. Excuse me. God the Father is relating to you as a son and daughter and when you lose sight of it, He is there to father you back into the truth of who you are in Christ and in Him. All one. Completely one. As He is, so are you. So of course, there are bad behaviors in the world that violate, violate love. Your role is to receive the love of God for yourself and then to love them in the same way Father God loves you. Hmm. Which many of you can't do. That's why Paul said, no, John said, if you have not known God, you have not known God because there's no love in you. Technically, then, there is no such thing as sin by the biblical definition anymore. Sadly, Sunday morning, sadly, sadly, Sunday mornings, all across the world, people will be focusing on sin instead of the finished work of Christ that was completed at the cross, made you complete in Him, through Him, and by Him, and Father God finished all the work, and then He rested. Are you resting? Are you still struggling to become righteous become holy no you shouldn't be you should be resting in what Father God already completed and fulfilled in Jesus Christ remember what he did he represented you in all he did and as he resurrected he represented you in that resurrection. In that awareness, let your mind, 
live today. Don't live in the awareness of sin. Live in the awareness of righteousness and holiness. Redeemed and sanctified. That's the only way the love of God in you will multiply. And you will love those around you as God, as Father God loves you. And that is it. And if you have anything to let me know, anything, you can go to my Instagram page, Godly Divine. You can call me, or you can send me an email. And I will talk to you about it. I will tell you, the sin does not exist anymore. Mistaken identity exists. And that's what creates, and that is what creates a lot of these bad behaviors. Their mistaken identity of who they are in Christ. Well, happy day. I'm going to enjoy this rain. Bye-bye.